Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. All right, let's start with prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow us to focus on your word today, God. That we feel your presence and that we will grow and learn from what we experience in your presence today. In Jesus' name, we worship you. Amen. Amen. All right, how many guys are still thinking about that Bible study last week? I don't know. Like, up, even me, all week long, I was just like, wow. I left and I was like, that's how I know it was Holy Ghost led because... I'm not that smart. <laughs> he's, he's that smart. But so we, we, went, we were talking a lot about marriage last week. And we, we went through Jesus's definition on marriage. What up? I knew I, I, knew I started a little bit too early. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, we were just talking about how last week's Bible study was on my mind all week long, and I still kept going back to some of the things that we had talked about. Because we went through Jesus' definition of marriage and how he pointed right back to the beginning of time and the creation and how God originally established it. And we went and looked at that in Genesis, and we went through all of that, and then we ended up in Corinthians 11. And... This is where mine and Candy's study had began, but God kind of sidetracked us last week because before we could talk about the bride of Christ, we had to get a firm understanding of marriage and the covenant of marriage. We talked about how it was a covenant that it requires, boys, if you guys are going to sit up here, you got to be quiet. This mic's going to pick up everything. But we talked about how we, uh, we had to... You know, marriage was a covenant and it required sacrifice and that we are dead to our old lives and now we live for the person that we're in the covenant with. And we talked about how important that was. And then we jumped into Corinthians 11 and that's where we left off last week. And that's where we're going to pick it up again this week because Corinthians 11, we, we know that it's, well, you're going to say something? I was going to say, on that note, I was thinking a lot this week, too. And, you know, how, how to come across, we have a lot of ladies in here who aren't married, who are single, or who have been divorced. And the more and more we study into this, God's really showing me how it started with him first. And he's correlating our authority in marriage and our unity in marriage towards how we should be with God, towards our unity with God and our marriage with Him. So we may come at some things in a little bit more of a marriage, because we're there, we've been there. Um, but find a way where you're pulling yourselves and unifying right. yourselves with the authority of God in your life. You know, that's where right. we're talking about God is His head, He's my head. But if I don't have Him as my head, God is your head. The Word of God is your head. The three things should work together. Your Holy Spirit, the Word of God, your pastor, you know, and God is your authority. So, Right. And that's why this is so relatable, too, because not only for single women, but also for the men who are married. This is the correlation of how our relationship with God should be. Uh, how What we expect out of our wife is what God expects out of us. 
So I, what we've got to use that. husband is what God's going to give to us. He should be loving me, and I should be giving him my respect in authority. Right. It's the same way so God's So the whole thing is like a representation of how our relationship with God should be. Right. An earthly, physical representation of that. So we're going to pick up where we left off in Corinthians 11. So now, I started talking about this a little bit last week, and I don't know if anybody in this room knows, but Corinthians 11 is kind of a controversial chapter in the Bible. It shouldn't be, but it has found itself to be. That's all right. We're so going to correct We're going to correct today. it, and we're going to move forward, okay. and we're going to see. Uh, we, we, we seem to get lost, and we start focusing on the trees instead of seeing the forest. Now, well, you know what? When we used to do Bible studies, one thing that I loved that Daniel would do, and it really helped me understand and grasp the Bible, is that when you study and when you seek to show yourself approved, you have to realize, who are they talking to? What was going on here in this Bible? Who is this letter written to? Um, and I think uh, Dan has a really good right. understanding of that. So as we pull into that, we'll give a little bit of background. There's a reason why Jesus didn't talk. There's a reason why Jesus didn't give examples in quantum physics. He knew the people he were talking to did not understand quantum physics. So he talked to them about Relatable. sheep. And he talked to them about coins. And he talked to them about slavery and kingdoms and things that their mind could understand. Paul's doing the same thing in this chapter, but he's doing it to Corinth. Now, people have taken this chapter and thought that that's how we should live our life. And if that were the case, we would be like the Corinthians. And if you guys know anything about the Corinthians, we don't want to be like the Corinthians. There's a sign in the city of Corinth still to today that says, don't stay here or you'll be like the Corinthians. It's not looked at as a positive thing. So for the church to kind of take this concept and try to morph that into what we want to be is, is, is going to be as a church. confusing for us. But what we want to do is focus on the point. What is this forest? What is he talking about? Because Paul is, is very, very seriously addressing authority in this chapter. Yeah. So if we understand that he's addressing authority, we can see that through the, the examples that he yeah. gives us. So because, obviously Corinth had an authority problem. Yes, but <laughs> Corinthian also had some very, some very disturbing practices in their city. For one, they had temple prostitutes. That's something we don't have, and a lot of people today are not going to understand. So when he starts talking about, he correlates it to some of that in this chapter. The temple prostitute females, the reason that they knew they were temple prostitutes is because they had shaved heads. That was a sign to everybody in the city that that's someone we can go and pay and have sex with. So They have no authority over that. Yeah, no so when we don't them. understand that concept, we look at it differently. In Corinth, it was, it was disturbing for a man to have long hair. It was disgraceful. They looked at it that way. That's not how it is today. Like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people who have long hair in our society that aren't looked at like they're shameful. So we don't understand the how... Yeah, point to me. Why I, was, I was thinking about WWE wrestlers. <laughs> what would they be without long hair? <laughs> no, but it just goes to show that we have to take that into consideration. So let's not get lost in that, but let's focus on what he's talking about. He starts with, and we're going to start in verse number two. I am so glad that you always keep me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings I have passed on to you. But there is one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Now, when we talk about the head, 
The head does a lot for your body. It doesn't simply just make all the decisions, but your head has the vision. It sees what's going on around it. It has the sense of taste and smell, the ability to know if something is good or not. That is what the head does on an overall basis. We look at it like it's just a responsibility, but it's not just the responsibility. It's the same thing with Christ in a man's life. I have to trust the Holy Spirit to let me know what's good and what's not good in my life. I have to look, I have to put myself in God to see the vision for my life. I've got to trust that the Holy Spirit, what he's telling me I'm going to do and what I need to do is the right thing. And it's the same thing. And it's good because you can't have the body fighting against the head. My mind's telling me to do one thing and my body's going over here to do another. Where, where that help me? One of the things that helps me out is I imagine myself going to God. Let's say I'm battling with something and I'm not sure if it's okay or not. I imagine myself going to God and asking Him if it's okay. And usually before I even do that, I get an answer in my head. I, I can think it almost answers itself. You know, you're talking to a holy God. Hey, is this okay, Lord? And then you automatically go like, okay, I'm not nope. going to ask him that. That's not okay. <laughs> right. We're not, not going to be doing that. Yes. And that, that's a, this is a very, very good point here. It says that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of every woman is man. He's pointing this out for a very specific reason. A pastor is not the head over a man. If a pastor becomes the head over a man, it's dysfunctional. A, pa a man's head will always be God. A pastor has a position in a man's life. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to help you follow after God. I'm here to help you hear God's voice. I'm here to help you trust in God's voice in your life. But I'm not here to be your head and to make all your decisions in your life. Your Any pastor who steps over that line has crossed that line, and that's why Paul's addressing it here. God is every man's head. If I do what my pastor tells me, and it's not what God wants me to do, I'm wrong. And you know what? It's a disservice. Because of the, yeah, because at the end of the day, yeah. God's my head. It's a disservice if... if pastor were to go, all right, you know what? I'm going to tell you what to do with everything. He's going to be, you're missing your personal relationship. Yeah. You need right to be talking to God we got about a veil what in you front need, of us again. not, you know. And there's a story in the Bible about a prophet who prophesied and God told him, leave the town without eating. And another man of God came to him and said, God told me to have you come to my house. And he went to that man's house and he ate and he dropped dead. A lion ate him beside the road. The story is made me question and study for a long time and this is the answer for that the reason why is because the man of god who came and prophesied told him god told him was not higher than god and if god told him leave that town and don't eat nothing he should have left that town without eating nothing i don't care if a priest or an angel comes down from heaven yep. he uncovered his head and said you know he what? uncovered his head i know god told me this but i'm gonna he go stepped over here out of that he authority, stepped out from the authority and, and he suffered because of it right. and we see how this happens constantly throughout the bible if he can get you out of authority he gets you out of structure and it's the yeah. same thing with a woman and her husband it's yeah. the same thing You've got it. I mean, your husband has to play a godly role. We're not going to let up on that. We've been drilling the men about their armor, about being a man of God. 
But at the same time, if he is being a man of God and he's in a line with God, you have to you have to respect that and put your faith in it and follow that along his leadership because he's going to have some good advice and leadership for you if he's a man of God and he's listening to God. Yeah. If I'm trying to lead Candace by my own way of thinking, we're going to fail. And, and you know what? <laughs> we're not going to work out. you know out. what? If he tries... It will be listen, the blind leading the blind. Listen, though. If he tries to do that, there's also going to be a problem between us, right? Because he's not allowing God to be his head. We've had times like that in our life, but my way combating that is where God tells us to pray. Pray even so that God can change the mind of your husband. But it's good, too, because I've heard people tell me, well, you don't get it because... Eh, you were meant to do this, it just works out good, you, you get authority. And in a sense, it's true because I prayed and prayed for Daniel and for a man to be my authority. It, it's not easy. You didn't see the, <laughs> the sleepless hours and the fights beginning of marriage. And, but I understood the concept. And she'll call me out be. if it's not something to do with God. If I tried telling her that God told me we should go to Burger King today and she wants McDonald's, she's like, get out of here, Dan. That, that is not in the line with authority. That's your belly. So there, we do, and women have to understand that as well. You know, if your husband's think, telling you something that's not in line with God, that, not that we argue and fight, but we should be yeah. giving a helpful advice and helping him to listen closer to what God's well, telling him. And the you family. know, one more thing. I think at times where we've really been in odds, at those times like that, through my obedience oh, and through there. the biting of my tongue, instead of him fighting me about what I wanted to fight about, now I've been obedient and yeah. he can go back and think and let God speak to him and We're go, you know get what, there. you're a little bit There's a harsh. whole scripture on that and it's going <laughs> to prove the power of prayer and a quiet spirit. But let's, so let's keep going here. It says, a man dishonors his head if he covers his head while praying and prophesying. But we knew, we know that in the Old Testament, the priests that served had coverings over their head. And they prayed and they prophesied with the coverings over their head. So what is he talking about? Is he talking about having a hat on? Is he talking about having long hair? What is he talking about? He just told you in the last verse, the head of every man is Christ. If he covers his head, he's, he's prophesying a mist. So what they're telling you here is when a man is praying and prophesying, he better not have anything in between him and God. No person should be in between that. He shouldn't have a, a structure. I shouldn't be praying the way a church tells me to. I, this is my open avenue with me and God. He's my head. I can pray to him how I see fit. And if I don't, if I let something affect how I pray or how I prophesy without God over top of me, it's going to be disgraceful. I'm having a struggle and then I immediately message three people versus going and praying or talking to my husband. I have my head uncovered. You know, I'm not going right. to the authority. I'm seeking out other ways of wisdom in my life versus... Because if a woman dishonors her head, if she prays or prophesies without her covering on her head. So if she is praying against me and she's prophesying against my family, she's dishonoring who? Not herself. Yeah. She's dishonoring her head. Yeah. She's dishonoring me right. because she's not, she's not in line with me and we're together in this. God married us. He made us one in the beginning. So we should be united as we're following God. So if we get to a point where she's telling me what she hears from God and I'm telling her what I hear from God, we're, we're outside of the line of authority. 
the line of authority is now crooked. I need to make sure I'm listening to God. She needs to make sure that we're a partner together as we follow Christ. And that doesn't mean that we don't have conversations. Yeah, we're going to grow. We're going to lead. But it should be done under authority. Yeah. You think about an army with commanding officers. The commanding officer has subordinates, but they're 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 still part of his team. If but they're under his authority. But if 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 a, if somebody says to the general, "Hey, general, they're bombing the left side of our flank. We need to move our army over there." The general would be a fool if he didn't listen to that advice. The whole reason God gave us a wife is so that we have a counselor and someone that we can seek advice from and grow from. So that's very important that we don't lose sight of that because we become drunk with authority as men. And honestly, I'm, I, when I preach that, I preach that to myself because that's something that I've had struggles with. I think, okay, I'm in authority. I'm in authority. I can say I got the final word. And I, and I also know that I hear from God. I, Me and God have a close relationship where he moves me. So... It's hard for me to, when I go, baby, I know what God told me, just go with the flow. But at the same point, God showed me, like, even if you know what I tell you, I gave you a helpmate to help you. I need to talk to her about what God's told me. I need to hear her input on what she thinks about that. I can debate it out in my mind and we can make a good decision together. So that's the whole reason why God looked down on man in the beginning and said, it's not good. He needs to help me. Yes. So yes, if she refuses to wear a head covering, she should have cut off all of her hair. Since it is shameful for a woman to have cut hair and her head shaved, she should wear a covering on her head. So again, now he's correlating it to some things that they understand. In our city, if a woman has a shaved head, it's, it's disgraceful. She should cover her head. But he's trying to get you to understand the point of authority. Right. We're not going to be like the Corinthians, but we're going to be under authority. I need to understand that my husband is here for my covering. Well, it's funny. I've been studying things in authority that are coming up. And it's, uh, God is even in your relationship with him. He's given you your own lane of authority. Right. And you're just in it. So, right. So, like, Pastor Nancy has been, is he was given the authority of Yeah. To cross him would be out of the authority of right. Exactly. You know, David didn't kill Saul. Right. David didn't overstep his authority. He said, "All right, God, you went on to him." Exactly. It's very good, Trav. Very good. Amen. That's a good point. I'm glad you put that right there. So a man sh should not wear anything on his head when worshiping, for a man is made in God's image and reflects God's glory. So I should be reflecting God's glory. And David not, danced. Right. Not. <laughs> The glory of the establishment yeah. over me, not the glory of the person or the man that I'm serving and trying to please. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. If I'm up front praying at church because I want pastor to pat me on the back, I'm doing it for the wrong reason because he's not my head. God's my head. Mm -hmm. He's the one who should be patting me on the back. He's the one that we worship and pray for. He's the whole purpose of that. Nor should we be worried. We should be able to pray the way and worship the way God wants us to, the way we feel in the spirit. David danced naked right. in the streets. Let's none of us do that, but <laughs> and a woman reflects man's glory. For the for the first man did not come or from woman, but the first woman came from man. 
And man was not made for woman, but woman was made for man. For this reason, and because the angels are watching, a woman should wear a covering on her head to show she's under authority. So he even points it out there with a big emphasis, authority. Yeah. Now the why angels. does he say because the angels are watching? Right. Why does he throw that in here? Because the angels are watching. The angels understand authority. The angels move in authority. And if they don't move in authority, they're cast out of heaven. We've seen that happen with, with Lucifer and other angels. So he's saying angels are understanding of authority. You have to be in authority. Not saying because angels, angels are watching you. Yeah. He's saying because of what happened to the angels. Because of what happened to them. That's why we better not fall out of authority. But among the Lord's people, women are not independent from men, and men are not independent from women. We God are united. Right. We are together. And although the first woman came from man, every man was born from a woman, and everything comes from God. Judge for yourselves that it is a right for a woman to pray in public without covering her head. Isn't it obvious it is disgraceful for a man to have long hair? And isn't long hair a woman's pride and joy? Again, he's talking about authority. Judge for yourself. Isn't it crazy when a woman's out of authority, running around a church, doing what she wants, despite what her husband and a pastor thinks? You can judge for yourself. That's kind of disgraceful. For a man... To, to, to be a man and to be under somebody else's submission and let another man tell him how he should worship God and how he should praise God is disgraceful. You can see it plainly. When you watch a man like that, you're like, wow, he should stand up for what he believes in. He should be a man because he's God's glory. And a woman's long hair is her pride and joy. We can go into a lot of other scriptures that talk about how Abraham's wife Sarah treated him and how a woman's beauty comes from her, her obedience and submission and the light that she establishes in her home. The Bible talks about the inner beauty and this is what he's referencing here. When a woman is under authority and she moves in the spirit and follows God and follows the line that he's placed over her, it's her pride and joy. Right. The curse was nailed to the cross. Yeah. She no longer has to try to fight to be the head of her husband, but by allowing herself to be submissive and still do God's work is an amazing, beautiful thing that she should take pride and joy in. You know, Dan, we've talked to some women that, you know, have felt like I'm not in the ministry or I don't feel like I have a place in the ministry and where is my part? And the one thing that I have to say is I, I was there. My place in the ministry you're going to go through times. It was to be home, to take care of my children, to support my husband. If I wasn't allowing those things to happen, he wouldn't be able to yes. be doing what he was doing. And that'll that'll shift. That'll change. God will take you places. But God's going to have it. Right. And for this, her hair has been given her as a covering. God gave you as a covering. He gave you somebody over you. He did that for a reason. But if anyone wants to argue about this, I simply say we have no other customs than this and neither do God's other churches. What he's saying here is if anybody wants to argue about the authority that God has set up since the beginning of time, 
I have no other example other than what we've been established in this church. This is how God made it. These are God's customs. You can argue about it all day long, but that's how he made the world. So arguing about it isn't going to change it. And that's why Paul throws that in there in the last part. So sorry if we had to go through all that controversial stuff. But it's good that we know God's word and we understand what he's talking about. For generations, we have lost the, the sight of that beautiful passage in, in Corinthians 11. That's a beautiful passage that talks about authority. We need to understand that. But we're not going to get it if all we're thinking about is hair the whole time. We got to understand what is this really talking about? Because authority is important, and because of the angels, well, it's yeah. important. And in all aspects of the Bible, the enemy will try to twist you with, "Well, you got full truth, but let me confuse you on this." So, I urge you to study to show yourself approved. If you're confused on things and you're wondering, study. Keep Who studying. is this being taught to? Right. What are well, we're going to move on to Ephesians five, which is going to put this a lot more practical and put it into our everyday use. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. That's very important. But yeah. like... <laughs> be careful how you live. Don't be a fool. That's the Bible telling you. Don't be dumb. Don't yep. be a dummy. Let's, be, let's use our brains. Let's, let's think about what we do in our actions and our life. How it's going to affect us. Live like those who are wise. Live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act toughlessly. Thoughtlessly. Oh, <laughs> but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't act thoughtlessly. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's you so know, you guys, I, so I, I, I had like a little uh, freak out with my wife the other day. We were watching something on TV. And how many of you guys have heard this phrase that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result? I hate that. That is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. It does not make sense. What about people who are seeing things that are not there? Isn't that insane? So how does that fall into that definition? That definition does not define insanity. Hey, well, if you something, you right. Keep doing, it the same way? doing the same thing and expecting a different reaction is not the definition of insanity. That's the definition of irrational. Because you're not thinking ahead of what you're doing. You're doing the same thing, expecting the same result, and you're not being rational. Because rational says, if I did that and it didn't work last time, it's not going to work next time. You don't have to be insane to be irrational. It's not, it's not totally, you're not, your brain's not working right. Your brain could be working just right, but if you're not thinking ahead and you keep walking into that door not pulling the, the handle before you open it, you're going to keep knocking your head against that door. Hey, Eventually, you need to think about it and go, wait a minute, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to turn it and I'm going to open the door. And, and it's true. It's a conscious decision. I, I'm and that's sad what, to say that I yeah. had problems when we first got married. <laughs> what in the world is wrong with you? Are you? And it's like, I used to get so upset about that. And then God finally hit me and he's like, you're not thinking. You're not just thinking about doing. It. You have a blindfold on and you're just stumbling back and forth. And then here we have Saul, and I'm trying to teach him the same right? thing. And it's the same thing in our lives, in our marriage. If what I'm doing is upsetting my husband, what I'm doing in my life is upsetting God, I'm not being I'm rational if I keep doing it. it and I don't think about what it's going to cause. It, no. If every time your husband comes home and you complain about something, you guys get into a fight, you know you've got to stop doing that. If you keep doing it, you're not insane. You're irrational. 
You're not thinking about ahead of time. You're not thinking about what can come out of this. If I know in my head and I think about it and go, you know what? Today, I want my wife to have a good day. I'm going to make her a nice coffee. I'm going to bring it into bed to her and serve it to her. I'm thinking ahead. Now she's going to be happy when she wakes up. We're going to have a good day because of this. That's and, and again, we're talking to women. We're talking to men. If you're calling out to God because you're having trouble in your life, but you're not doing what he wants from you, you're not being rational. Let's be wise. Let's be like those who are wise. Be like those who are wise. Let's look at the people's lives around us that work. Absolutely. Don't let a guy on TV who's been divorced three times give you instruction on your marriage. He might not know what he's talking about. Look to the people who have been married for 40 years. Not us. We're still, we're still new converts. We're 15 years in and strong, which is better than the majority of people in this world. But look to some people who have been married for 40, 50 years. Ask them about their relationship. As men, look to men who have a good relationship with God. Right. Ask right. them, what did you do to get that right. relationship? It doesn't tell you just be wise on your own. It says, but look at those who are wise. Be like them. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. This world will tell you otherwise. They will tell women that they don't have to be, you don't have to listen to your husband. You don't have to be a good wife. Are you you don't, a woman? Yeah. And men, you don't have to obey God. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to put him over you. You can run your own life. You can be a strong man. Both of them get the same terrible advice. But in the end, we know what the Lord wants us to do. He wants men to submit to Christ. He wants women to submit to men. He wants a perfect line of authority, of unity, and structure in his world. And we're supposed to be implementing it as his image bearers. So don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with wine, men or women. Wives or husbands, don't be drunk with wine. that will ruin your life. It will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Oh, let's talk about that, women. Mm. Talk about it, baby. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. I think, I think faith many, has a beautiful testimony to that too. Yeah. It's it's huge. It's big. It's a way of worship. It is. It calls. It's right. it's a it's a form of. I still get frustrated, but it's not. Right. Yeah. It's a way of giving it to God. And, Yep. Right. The Bible's not giving you good advice for nothing. It's telling you guys, sing hymns. When women are getting frustrated when we're home with three babies, we sing, we calm down, we enjoy our life. Same thing with men. When I'm getting frustrated that I'm at work and I'm having to do all this stuff, it's time for me to sing to God. It's time for me to relax. It's time for me to be happy and enjoy my company with the king. When we lose the sight of that, we end up miserable. And even for us, when we sing, we could be rapping and singing for the world. But we should be rapping and singing for God because that's what's important. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And that's another thing. When I got get down in those moments in my life and you start listening to the voices of the enemy and all these negative and you can go back and go, you know what, God? Oh, I'm so thankful for my family. I'm thankful we're here. You think of all the things that he's done and he's given you. And it changes your whole situation right back around. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then he specifies this. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. King James says, as if he is God. As to the Lord. But again, that's he follows this right up with, and for the husbands, who is the head of the wives, as Christ is the head of the church. Oh no, I'm going to say it like you did. For a husband, it is the head of his... He gets really aggressive. When it gets pointed over here at us, I'm going to get sorry. aggressive back. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing. i got to preach again soon. i <laughs> get that preacher voice down. <laughs> he is the savior of his body, the church. So here he's talking directly to the husbands. So let's husbands listen up. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husband in everything. Again, the church is the body. We're the body. He's the head. You're, we talk, we've been talking about the army of God and, and, and warriors and being strong. Brandon did a great job of talking about preparing your home, making sure your wife's armor is ready. The reason why is because we're in this battle together. Yeah. I need my wife to be just as sharp and just as ready as I am. An army does not do good if they start arguing. If a leader, the general, says to him, we're, I want five guys to go that way and I want five guys to go this way, and they go, well, wait a minute. Why don't two go this way and three go this way? And three? Now, there are several times that we, we're making decisions. We don't know exactly if those decisions are correct. Men have that. We have that burden on our shoulders but where I'm going to make a decision in my life. And I don't know exactly. It, I might be wrong. But we're never going to move and we're going to have hostility as long as there's arguing and there's not submission. That's the point of it. But you know what? The submit. army's not going to understand all the time what the commander has to say. Yes. But the commander got the higher up cue, and he understands. Right. So now he doesn't need to get you to understand. He just needs at some point for you to be obedient. He needs to be able to right. say it to his army, and his army go, okay, I'm going to go here. Right. Because as soon as his army starts turning on him. It's not successful. No. It's it not successful. It if is. I say, hey, babe, you know what? We're going we're gonna to go to Burger King, and then you know, after that, we're going to go to the video store. She goes, well, I'm going to go to the video store. Burger King keeps coming up today. They better pay Walmart. me. I'm like advertising for them. I must be hungry. No, but she goes, well, you know, Burger King's going to close first, Dan. And I go, ah, and I run my route anyways. I'm going to realize eventually that she's right, and we could have done this a little bit better. But if we sit there and argue over it, both places are going to close and we're not going to get to anywhere. It's easier to flow in the move and let, let your husband make mistakes. And it's not about Let him learn as he proving. grows. Sometimes we need that. Yeah, and it's not but about But the submission proving. is going to keep everybody in the right mindset while we're all trying to do what God wants us to do. Right. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church, the savior of his body, the church. For husbands, this means love your wives. Yeah, stop that, Candace. Love your wives 
just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. So there's something it tells us husbands and it tells us brides what we're supposed to be. A husband is going to give up his life to make his wife holy and clean. He's not going to defile his wife. He's not going to do things to his wife that's going to make her worse. He's not going to hurt his wife. He's not going to push her to an early grave. He's going to make her holy and clean. As the head of a family, what you say to your wife and what you, what, what you ask of your wife better be for her benefit, for her holiness. Washed by the cleansing of God's Word. Oh, that's good. This is very good, gentlemen. We don't force our wives. We would never hit our wife. We would never make our wife do stuff. If our wife is not understanding where we want her to be, it says very clearly here, wash by the cleansing of God's Word. So many times when me and Candace disagree, she would get mad at me that I would pull out our Bible. And I would say... One more scripture at me. I tell you what. But that's because I understand this passage. Not him. I can't fix her by... Because I'm your husband! that's, that's, That's a tyrant. That's evil. That's wrong. That's not God's way. I can't fix her by just standing there and arguing my own way of thinking. What I can do is say, okay, well, let's talk about the Bible. What does God's Word say? And if I quote enough Scripture and I put it enough, her mind gets washed by the Word of God. My mouth shuts, my mind gets And we both come to a clear understanding of what needs to go forth and where we need to be in God's Word. And, And it's the same way. You know, you guys are struggling with things. And God is your head. You should be pulling out your Bible. You should be steady. Yes, as a man of God or as a single lady. You, if you're having trouble with understanding Christ, we should be washing our mind with the Word of God. If I'm having trouble and I'm like, God, something's going on here. I'm not submitting to you the way I should be. I need to cleanse my mind with the Word of God. I can't just expect God to tell me what I need to do in my life if, if my mind's what? not in the right place. The days I need I, to cleanse The days it. I struggle, yeah, as a married woman, the days I struggle, I realize, you know what, I had it a lot easier last week when I woke up and I put on my K-Love and listened to worship, when I pulled out my devotions, and it started me right in the godly spirit and aspect, loving you know, presence right. in my house where it needs to be. It's it's what we have to have in our lives. It's a daily right. cleansing. Daily cleansing. We do all this so that he could present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. That is the purpose of a husband. My job is to make sure that she's ready for Christ. With no splot, with no blemish, with no ring. No splots. I've got to have splots. <laughs> We've got to have her perfect on that day of judgment. Right. That's my right. ultimate goal. And my goal is not so I can have food on the table and clothes folded in my drawer. That's that's a benefit. That's not the goal. Hey, the goal the is so that church. we're perfect and it's a, holy. It's it's on what the, day the church of needs to judgment. be too. That's, that's what men need to be. 
We're the bride of Christ as well. My goal in my own body is to make sure that I'm ready for the day of judgment. No spot, no wrinkle. I'm ready. I've got to make sure that. And if again, if you don't have a husband, God is your He is your groom who's coming for you. Then you better make sure you're be washing free, your ladies. mind and you're ready for Him. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but they feed and care for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one. This is a great mystery. But it is an illusion of the way Christ and the church are one. See, he's telling you here. Marriage is an illusion of how Christ and the church right. are one. Right. Marriage is our, is our example of our relationship yep. with God. And you know what? You have the spirit in you. You are unified. That is you becoming one, you have him in you. Now you have to listen to that spirit in you. You have to listen to that authority that speaks to you. No voice is higher than what the spirit is telling you, right. what God is telling you. So again, I say, men must love their wives as he loves himself. But the wife must respect her husband. Now, that little sentence right there has cost me and Candace hours of study time. We have dove into that specific sentence for a reason. Why did he write that that way? Did he mess up? Did he pin it wrong? I know he didn't. He did it for a reason. Men must love their wives as he loves himself. That is the uttermost goal of a man because a man, it's hard for a man to love. I talked about it in men's prayer the other day about being God's lover. And it blew my mind when I, when I started thinking about that. Like, I'm in love with Jesus. I'm his lover. I need to look at it that way. That's not comfortable for me. I'm very comfortable being under God's authority. That works. I understand respect. I understand authority. I understand I do good. I get rewards. I get that way of thinking because I'm a man. It doesn't come naturally to me to love. It takes a little bit more of that from a man. But for a, and, we, and you know, there's books out, the five love languages of a man and woman, amazing books. There's there's a lot of things that have been taught based on this principle. And, and women, we know that we easily love. Oh, but I fell in love. You've only known him for two minutes. I know, but I love him. We're not having a hard time processing love. We don't have a lack of love. And men don't men don't need it. Like I, as weird as it sounds, my wife's like, oh baby, baby, baby. I'm like, get off. I'm good. I love you. I know you love me. But there's ways that she shows me her respect that means more than anything she could ever do for me to show me her love. When I when I say, hey, baby, I need you to get this, this, this done for me today. I need that. And she respects that. And she she does what I ask her in a way that shows me that my her respect. It, it means the world to me. Even, I'm like, wow. Even little you, things. You care. Earlier where it talks even about. Even the way you talk. Even not, the way you act. The little things thoughtless. show that. Being thoughtlessly. Guys, I'm never just talking to the women. Everything I'm saying is applying to the men too. Because we're the same boat when it comes to us and God. I'm, it's not my, like, yes, I'm God's lover. But it's my responsibility to show God that I respect him. 
It's not. I, I'm not here to just oh lovey dovey God. We'll do that. I'm gonna feel that way when He blesses me. I do love Him. I can't help that part of it. But God wants me to show Him my respect. He wants me to show Him that I'm gonna get up and read my Bible. I'm gonna pray every day. I'm gonna be in His house. I'm gonna do the things that He's told me in His Word to do because of respect. That matters the same way it matters to a man when his wife respects him. But as a man, my job is to make sure that I express my love to my wife. Because as a man, I can get caught up in the duty and making sure everything's being done right. And she's got everything under control. And, and, I, and it becomes well, you know, a tyrant instead of a lover. Yeah, and in the process, i got to stop and say, hey, baby, I love you. Let's yeah. go on a date night. Let's me and you spend time together. Let me express my love because you, know what? you can't be a... We, we think that sometimes we get it confused. We think that his love language is going to be the same as ours. I've realized his love language isn't. He doesn't need to care about a date. He doesn't need to get flowers. But he needs to be able to wake up in the morning and have clean socks and underwear. That's his love language. He gets those clean socks and clean underwear, and he is happy all week long. And, and it's just like that with God. You've got that. He cares about those little things. You guys, he's going right. to have that love language, that respect. Amen. Even in the small things. So let's move. They're clean. Sometimes you burn up by a new set. It's so hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's a lot of love and elbow grease. You guys are terrible. We're going to edit all that out. No, <laughs> all right, First Peter chapter 3. We're going to start in verse number 1. Peter is going to give us some good instruction on marriage from practical, everyday point of view. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husband. Then, even if some refuse to obey the good news... Your godly lives will speak to them without any words. Listen, this is talking about husbands. Husbands. What? This is talking about wives must accept the authority of your husband. Then even if some husbands obey, diso- refuse, refuse to, to obey the good news, the good your news. godly life will speak to them without any words. There's a lot of women in our church right now. They haven't turned away. From the right things of doing. They haven't turned away from church, from God. They have husbands who don't support them in that. But they also have husbands who have seen them. And we have a lot of couples who have said, you know what? Before, it may have taken 50 years. But in those last 10 years, through my obedience to God, through me living that good life, he saw it. And at the end of his life, he chose God. He repented. He was baptized and he was saved. So this shouldn't be a discouragement of, yeah, but you don't know what my husband says. It yeah, well, you know say, what? Keep doing what the Bible told you to do, and you can change his life. Amen. But it's not going to come. But it doesn't say your godly words will encourage no, and influence no. his way of thinking. Not words. doesn't say that. And a lot of wives try that avenue. I'll just talk to him about God and convince him how to change his life. It does. It says that's not going to work it when, just says when you're talking about lives. authority and you're talking about men and women. It's not going to work. A man's not going to fall for that trick. He's doing. He's strong-headed. But it says your godly lives will speak to them without any words. And like I, that's what I was saying. It's earlier. not going to require your mouth. At times where we we would hit it so hard back and forth, and then God would finally hit me. Yeah, He has to argue with you now. You're struggling with every single authority that He gave you over and over again. 
Now this is a huge struggle. Men are fighters. And then I'd have to fight. I'd have to suck it back in, bite my tongue, not understand things all the time, but through that obedience, godly through life. my godly life, Without not my words. words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty and fancy hairstyles and expensive jewelry and beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within. An unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Now again, it doesn't say, don't Wait. wear jewelry, don't do this, but it says, what is your intent? Don't make You're it not going to get your beauty from your hairstyles and your braiding and your pretty, because when you take all that off, it's going to be really ugly inside. You can, all that stuff is vain, it's all here. Your, your beauty should come from, from within, within, from An who you are. An unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Now, again, we're going to flip this on the men. We are the bride of Christ. This is also talking to us. We're not to argue and fight with the people in the world and try to persuade them to come to God. We're to be godly lives without speaking. That will influence and win them over when they observe our pure and reverent lives. We shouldn't be concerned about how we look. I should. That's why I don't cut my hair. I'm not concerned about trying to have a nice preacher's cut with a nice suit on. That's, that's not who I am. This is who I am. And I want my inner beauty to show. I want people to see my love and my joy and my peace and my happiness. That's what's going to change this world. Those reverent, pure lives are what's going to persuade them to want to be a part of this relationship with God. This is how, now he's going to show us, this is how holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. He's showing us. We look to the people who were wise, it said in Ephesians. Look to the people who are wise. Be like them. Don't be foolish. He says right here, look to the women of old. They accepted their authority from their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham and called him her master. Oh, women are like, I'll never call him my master. And men feel like, I'll never call God my master. But under authority, he's our master. God is my master. And if my husband is in line with God, he is your master. We should feel comfortable in that, knowing that he's submissive to God. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham and called him her master. You are daughter's when you do what is right without fear. Oh, here we go. Listen to this, guys. You are her daughters. You are the daughters of Sarah. You're acting like Sarah and Abraham when you when you are when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. If you're living under authority, You don't have to fear what your husbands do. You can do whatever you want because you're understanding of authority and how it works. My wife, people are like, Dan, you make your wife. You you guys don't understand the freedom my wife has. She understands where I'm at. She understands where God is. And she can do whatever she wants because she's free under that reign. 
She's not going outside of that line of authority, so we don't have to fight. We don't have you know to what? argue about the things that God are going doesn't on. Want, I mean, the enemy doesn't want you to feel like you have all that freedom. He wants to keep you in bondage. He wants to make you look at all those small things between the lines that he's twisting and confusing. Right. When God's saying, get these things right, and then everything else is yours. Everything else falls to you. Everything else... But these are the things that we have to understand is the right. authority. All those little things don't matter. It's your heart. It's your intent. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of a new life. We talked about that a while ago. I may have had my own struggles, but Daniel has struggled hard. He's been getting with Pastor, and I love it, because he comes home and he's like, I have learned some things. And it's not about me. It's not about me having things right. but But it is about just as much as I'm under him and I have rules, he has to understand things. We have to have In the King James, it says, she is your equal partner in the promise of God's salvation. She is your equal partner who will be with you in this promise of an upcoming life. We should be together in this. Unified in mind and in spirit. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. You want to talk about authority there? Yeah. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. He's talking about authority. If my wife is asking me for stuff and all I'm doing is telling her no and treating her bad and then I turn around and look at God and go, hey God, will you bless me and take care of me? He's laughing. Because he's like, you, you don't wife, understand you my authority. authority. You're not if you it. take care of your wife, I'll take care of you. That's the promise. That's the plan. Every husband should be pleasing his wife the way he wants God to please him. That's the whole process of the plan. If I get mad at Daniel and I'm all set and I'm all upset and I'm going through all these struggles and then I have to look back at everything and go, well, have I been fighting against the authority the whole time? Have I been trying to do things my own way? You have to find a way to get back under up the, right. beneath the authority and then I'm not going to struggle so hard. Right. Things are going to come easy because I'm put myself right back underneath the authority. He says, finally... All of you should be of one mind. You should be one-minded, not double-minded. That's why we have submission. It's so you can be of one mind. Yeah. You're both going to think that... You, ever, you guys ever have a situation where you're both saying the same thing, but, everybody, but you're arguing, but you're really saying the same thing? And then you figure it out, and you're like, wait a minute, we were saying the same thing the whole time. That's why he's saying this. We're all trying to get to heaven. My number one goal is to make my family happy and comfortable until we can get to heaven. Her number one goal is to make our family happy and comfortable until we get to heaven. We're both doing the same thing. But if we're not of the same mind, we're arguing over the same thing that we're trying to do. But if we can get together, and that's why he says submit. Submit to your husband. He wants to save you the same way you want to be saved. He wants your family to do good the same way you want to do good. So be of one mind. Don't worry about it. Submit and be of one mind. Instead of fighting against, I need to pray for. I need to uplift. I need to be obedient. Because I don't want to be that covering. I like that. She's reading it. I I don't want to be that covering over Daniel's head. We can be that. He should be uncovered. If all I'm doing is, okay, but Daniel, listen to what I'm saying and what I'm doing. 
he can't listen to what God's trying to tell him at all in his life. Because he's right. got me. My prayers are being ear. hindered. They're being hindered. <laughs> exactly. So he says, be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other's as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil with evil. Is it you think he's do you think there was an accident? He put that when he's talking about marriage? And he's talking about husband but he and was wife. Mean to me, so do not repay evil with evil. She burned the food? Well, I'm burning her clothes. <laughs> that's, he didn't buy that's me evil that dress. For evil. I ain't giving him none. That's not what it's people are gonna make mistakes. People are gonna think do things that are wrong. You're gonna hurt somebody. It's gonna happen. And if we get into this mentality, if he hurt me, I'm going to hurt you, yep. we're in a circle of everybody hurting each other. And vicious cycle. Yes. Yep. You didn't deserve that. Stop Do what that. you want. Be the first one to give mercy, oh. to give grace, oh. to say, hey, you know what? You messed up, but I'm over it. It's okay, baby. I love you. That's how your lives are going to go good together. Daniel Whether you're a husband or a wife. It, you guys can't fight if we're both saying we're sorry. Yeah. You only fight when one person still when we're both thinking we're right. It's only a it's struggle when everybody when says you know what you have, it. you have it. Yeah. That's where we got to get to. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. So now it goes even deeper. Don't if someone does something evil, don't do something evil, but don't even insult. If she says you're ugly, don't tell her her butt's fat. That ain't gonna help anybody. If she says you're ugly. Hey, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Hey, you know what? But I still love you. And you I really, still think you're beautiful. You really want to offend that evil spirit that's in somebody who's saying those words to you? Love them. Because God is love. The enemy's going to hate right. you. It you says come right, back. She always quotes the next scripture right before I read it. <laughs> that means you're in the Holy Ghost right there. It says, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God go. has called you to do. Right. He will grant you his blessings. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. And you know what? Turn away from evil and do good. You want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. When you're speaking, we've talked a lot with the women about speaking life. And it, it's so about that. You start speaking evil and speaking negative and all these things, it is corrupting you. It is eating at you. You are bitter. You are angry. Start speaking some joy. Start being happy. Start speaking some life. Yes. And it will give you happy days. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace. We want peace in our life. We've got to find it. We need it. peace in my household. We and work the church. to maintain it. Once you have peace, it's gonna. The world wants to shake it up. Maintain it. We're gonna have yeah. a peaceful home. Yeah. We're, We're gonna go, have oh, calm situation. It feels so good. We got so much peace, and then somebody gets murdered in the front yard. <laughs> you know, the the enemy is always ready to combat it, but you've got to stay. All right. It guys. says the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, right. and His ears are open to their prayers. That's important. Yeah. Same thing with your husbands. Their ears are open when you're doing right. When you're showing him your love and you're showing him compassion, he's open to hear what you got to say. Yeah. He's he, open to listen to your point of view when you're doing what is right. If you careful. fight him all day long and then finally at the end of the day you say, hey, well, you know, you should do this, he ain't going to care what you had yeah. to say because you fought him all day. Yeah. But if, you, if you're humble and you're kind, he's going to listen. And it's the same thing with men. If we're humble, we're doing God's will, he's going to listen to our prayers. Listen. 
Just, just like you're speaking good and you're doing good and that's going to affect him and that's going to turn his head. The Bible talks about how we can turn the head of our husband. Again, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. You're reading ahead of me. I know you are. <laughs> the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of the threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. So even if your husband's being mean to you, God will reward you. Even if the world's being mean to me, God takes care of me. As a man, I understand that. When the world, David told him that. He said, should I go over there and cut that guy's head off for cursing you? David said, no. God will bless me tomorrow for his curses today. Let him go ahead and curse me. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And do it with a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if anyone, if any people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if it is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. It is better to suffer for good if it's what God wants. Alright. Let's wrap it up right yes. here. We're never going to get through everything we got anyway, so we might as well bring it back up again next week. You know what? To get back, to get to, to real fast, yeah. there's a scripture, and so you've got to help me with this. That's why, that's why we're a team. But the Bible does talk about it. It talks about how the woman can turn. We do have that power. We see how men go for lust and that's that's things that they fight when their flesh and their things about and we know how to say the right thing to turn his head we know how to say the right thing to get him focused on something else that is our responsibility as wives to be prayerful to be seeking the right things and to be giving the appropriate responses in under god's authority because we can lead him I could lead Daniel right back. Nah, baby, you don't want to preach. We can we can go over there and we can have some fun with these people and we can and I can pull him right into the world and I should be pushing him and supporting him through my you know authority and obedience. Those are the things so it's so it is gonna be easy for us to do that. So it is it is big for us. That is they have all that weight on them. That should be a weight on us that we realize. You know what? I have to be making the right decisions because I can easily deter him from what God wants for his life just by being outside of the will of God. Right. Christ suffered and died for our sins once and for all. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death and he was raised to life in the spirit. So he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building the boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And the water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you by the removing of the dirt from your body. But as a response to God from a clear conscience, it is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Now Christ has gone to heaven and he is seated at a place of honor next to God. And all the angels and authorities and power accept his authority. So again, this is why he's drawing a line to it, guys. This is why. You don't obey your husband because of your husband. You obey your husband because of Christ. He died. He washed away all your sins. And he established this world. And now he's seated at the right hand of God. And he is over all authority. So when you're in authority, you're his. Yeah. And you're you know in his will. Pastor and, and Dan That's went out. Good. Pastor and Dan went out and they spoke and he came home. And I had this whole new enlightenment on this. This earth is a testing ground. You know, we don't just die and go to heaven and everything's over. Our authority here, my understanding of authority with my husband and with God, it's going to continue. That authority is going to have to switch. It's going to have to be to God, to right. the heavenly host. It's, it's right. all understanding authority is going to be through the end to of your time. Husband, and you end can't submit to your husband and you can't submit to God on this earth you when you've got it? grace and mercy right. and all of this. We should know about better by the time yeah. we get to heaven. Yeah, you're going to have a hard time <laughs> in an eternity with God. We've got to make sure we're perfecting it here. Exactly. We've got a practice zone. Exactly. Let's perfect it here. So Not good. only in our relationships here on earth, but with the people around us. Yeah. We should be loving to the people around us as a result of our love for God. Yeah. It's our practice. Yeah. All right, so let's end in prayer. Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus, God, God touch our hearts and minds, God. Allow your word to grow in our hearts, God, that we can be led by you, Lord, and follow your spirit and live a life here on earth that brings glory to you, God, under the authority that you established, God, as we continue in your plan that you established in the beginning, Lord. We worship you and praise you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.